Welcome to Nerd Escape, the comic book podcast. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Cami, And I'm your host, Jablar. Today, oh, we are talking about a special indie comic book. It's called Gumbo, and it's by Lamar Matherin. It's a really great freaking comic book. I'm <laughs> so excited that we were able to get to interview Lamar. I'm just a genuine soul and uh, just a genuine guy all around. His comic book is so cool. Yes, it is. This comic book that we're featuring on this episode is called Gumbo. It is a sci-fi comic book. A, what would you call it? An internet comic book? A, uh, yeah, so it's kind of more of like um, definitely an internet comic book right for now. A so, digital comic book. Yeah, so he's just trying to get some people to like read it so he can do it full time so it can be less digital, which is yeah. cool. And that's what we want. Yeah, and we have Lamar Matherin, the creator of Gumbo, on the show today. On this episode, we are interviewing him. He was a joy. And so he will fill you in with so many details about creating process, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his own backstory and everything like that. Usually we would fill everyone in with the details of that, but he right. did an amazing job of letting readers know who he is and where he's from and, you know, where he comes from on a creative side. It's really great. And you can find Lamar Matherin uh, at nimbus.black on IG. So on Instagram, nimbus.black. Go to his page. Follow him. Yes. His art is amazing. And he has a Patreon. Yeah. For $4 a month, he can do this full time. And he can make this comic book. And the first 300 subscribers not only will get everything that comes out digitally, but you will get a free print. Yep. And whenever he starts printing this comic book, you will get the printed comic books. Yep. So, Patreon, $4 a month. Uh, The way he puts it is it's it's a cup of coffee a month. Yeah. It's it's a beer a month. Yeah, truly. It's a, you know, yeah. And put it that way, help local artists out. And he is from Austin, Texas. Yes. We're going to eventually meet up and have a beer, have some lunch or something. It's going to be great. It was pretty cool. Uh, actually, I just found out now if an old friend of mine actually linked us up because he messaged Lamar and he told us about the podcast. Yeah. And he reached out to us. We're like, yeah, dude, like you're an Austin local artist and you're making this comic book. And this comic book blew us away. Yeah, it really did. Like, chill. I get chills thinking about it, yeah. like how good it is. Yeah, Gumbo is a sci-fi comic book. Um, it takes place in this world called Gumbo, if you want to call it a world. There are five characters in this, and they're all from different, like, multiverses. Like, yeah. They're from different... They're not from the same universe. They're not from the same... Time period. Time either. period. And so they're in this place that kind of has, like, no time reference. It's mm-hmm. just, like, it's an ocean setting in the middle of the ocean, and this whole world is created by this architect who goes by the architect, and he's pretty much making these five... Or characters and the characters are keep growing yeah through the story and they're stuck in this but they have to play a game yeah and it starts off they're playing a game of baseball and uh the characters like basically there's one character named kovac who throws really fast pitches mm-hmm. and the characters who are in the game they have to hit his pitch but it's it's pretty hard to do yeah uh, they can't hit his pitch very good and so you go through those trials and you kind of have this 
ominous architect in the background. Yeah. And it's one of those stories where uh, it doesn't, it's not just like, here's the story, here you go. Right. Like, you know what's going on. It throws you in and you're kind of like, wait, what the hell's happening? Like, what? It really allows like the reader to really on their own kind of decide what's going on. Yes. And it leaves, there's enough like space in there for suspense where it has the reader wanting more. Like I am just so ready for issue three. It's yeah. unbelievable. I'm just like, can I get it right now? And so it's, yeah, it's almost like a, it's like kind of like Cowboy Bebop meets Lost, like in a way. It's like, it's seriously like really good sci-fi, but it's like the characters, they're not from this purgatory thing they're in. And so sometimes their mind like clicks back to where the real world is. Almost like it's a dream almost right. and their memory. So this one is like, it's one of those stories where you figure out things as you go. Yeah. And when it ends, you're either going to be like, well, that was great. Or what the hell is that? You know? Right. And we don't know. It only has two issues. Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect time to jump on the Patreon. Truly. Support a local artist. And, you know, it allows an artist to create this comic book. And, yeah. oh, my God, like, just go to Nimitz Black uh, on IG and look at his art. And, okay. honestly, the first issue is free. So you can get a trial run, like, right on the website. And then um, and then the second one, you sign up for Patreon. And you can find his comic book on Nimbus, uh, or, I'm sorry, gumbo-novel.com. So that is where you can find the comic book, the first okay. issue. That's where you'll find it. It's pretty cool. It's the, if you had an iPad or computer, when you, like, turn the page, it does the... Yeah, like the, so it sounds like the a page terrible turning. page turning. It's so cool. And so I never read a interactive digital comic book like that, and Me it either. was really good. Yeah. Uh, and Lamar is an awesome human being. So it was a privilege to talk to him and meet Truly. him. And uh, just to, the story is fresh. It's new. And so I think it's just there's stuff that stands out to me. Like his art alone, his paneling is amazing. Yeah. And also I just got to point out like the thing we're just going to. Yeah, we're going to leave you guys with that. Yeah. Just go check it out yourself. See Please. the art. Read this comic book. Support Lamar Matherin in this Nimbus Black. We're going to go to the interview. So enjoy. Cue the music. This is Nerd Escape, and welcome to the show, Lamar Matherin. Anything smart to say? Yo. Hi, hey, we can hear you. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, drinking tea, because I'm still not, not uh, fully able to get up on my own. Oh. Yeah, for a couple hours. No. <laughs> Good morning. Same, same. Good morning. Yeah, same mm -hmm. over here. We're just still getting coffee in. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on, though. Yeah. I had found you on, I was just like searching through some art on our um, podcast um, Instagram. And I was like, oh, I really like this artwork right here. So I like followed you on the podcast and then I followed you on my personal. And so I was like, this is so cool. And so as soon as you reached out to the podcast, I was like, I was like, Justin, <laughs> I was like, you saw it. He wants yeah. to talk with us. I was like, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. I actually have some friends I used to work with. And when I think I posted about, you know, your comic book, and then it's like, I was wondering when y'all were going to reach out to this guy. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't know he was from Austin. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm an Austin guy. Nice. Been for a while now. <laughs> oh yeah, same. Been here for about 25. Wow, yeah. Okay. 
we'll jump right into this. Um, welcome, Nerd Escape <laughs> listeners. <Welcome. laughs> uh, we are joined today by the great Austin local artist, Lamar Matherin. Thank you. Um, but yeah, just to start off to our listeners, um, just introduce yourself. Where are you originally from? Um, how long have you been a creator in Austin? Um, I was originally born in uh, Frederick, Maryland. Uh, okay. My parents were in the military, so they they jumped around a lot. So I have no no affiliation with Maryland. Like I was there for like a hot minute, like less than a month after I was born. Wow. Kind of like a it's kind of like a drive by, uh, have a baby, then move situation. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom was on the road, and she's like, "We have to have a baby now." So <laughs> not like that situation. And then, uh, yeah, and then they, um, I spent some years in Florida. Uh, I spent some years in uh, uh, Alabama, okay. and then as a kid, and then Jersey, and that was all before the age of six. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah. Wow! Then uh, I moved to my mom and my dad when they split. My dad lived in Texas, Austin, Texas, and my mom in Florida. So I spent many years in between, and most of those years are in Texas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah we we were with the millennial uh, from split split plan parenthoods yeah <laughs> i think everyone's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your parents aren't divorced whoa you're not you haven't been to at least two in between the ages of 18 you're not right, right? <laughs> but um yeah how long have you been uh illustrating like where did it all start i was i started drawing probably when you guys started drawing um and then everyone else just quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. I was a kid and I was kind of leave, like, I guess because of like, all the traveling my parents were doing and being in the military, it was really hard for me to keep up having friendships. And so um, I had, there was nothing, enough, there wasn't anything consistent enough in my life. And I didn't have a sibling until I was probably about eight. Okay. So I spent a lot of time. Uh, manifesting my introverted tendencies in drawing because um, it was the only thing I can carry with me from place to place. Right. So um, by the time I got to high school, I was, I knew it was a serious thing for me because I was going to like an art high school out in Florida for a little, for a couple of years when I was living with my mom. And mm-hmm. then um, I decided to leave uh, for, for personal reasons. And then I moved to my dad and I was really um, I had a like a breakdown because they didn't have any art classes that I liked. I realized it was very serious to me. So yeah, um, I never really thought about doing anything else. Really, I never made any plans to do anything as far as like what I would consider doing outside of art. It never really came up, and so um, I just sort of kept my head down with what I was kind of like into at the time. And I had, you know, no one ever discussed me not doing it. And okay. uh, yeah. you no, know, it became like a like I think I got a little bit of pushback from my dad, kinda. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, "Why, why this? You know, are you really gonna take this that seriously?" And I was like, "Yes." And so uh, it never really occurred to me that I had another option. And I still feel that way to this day. Yeah. Hell yeah! That's, That's awesome. The calling. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> it's like it's simple and clear-cut and it's it's one of those things where 
you know, you know, like kind of like in your soul, like this is something that I'm going to do. It just, it brings me more joy than I've done, you know, than doing anything else. And it just, you know, the things, certain things just start aligning to keep you in that position of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Until you're an adult, there's a lot of pushback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but everything, down. Yeah, everything starts to set in, you know, I was, I'm, I'm fortunate enough everything set in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, as a millennial, as you can, t- I mean, if you grew up on the stuff I grew up, like, you got hit hard with all the cool shit first, in my opinion. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hands down. Oh, yeah, we did. From the Western X-Men, as you can zip down on your shirt, that's fucking awesome. And then from the, the introduction of anime, Truly. That came after that way oh, yeah. from Adult Swim to, yep. uh, you know, I mean, I played Pogs as a kid. I <laughs> Slammers. <laughs> the Pogs yeah, are, that's a, that was a, it was like the the 90s marbles because you would come home with your pogs missing and your mom would be like what the hell <laughs> like that kid used the slammer he just flipped all my pogs <laughs> so uh, another question for you is where do you get most of your inspiration for art and writing um that's a childhood story as well um i mean now it's more defined and real rounded but as a kid uh, when I was with my mom during the summers, um, she didn't have a babysitter during the summer. So, uh, so when I was a little kid, she would actually drop me off to the library. Oh, and nice! Stay yep. in the library, <laughs> and then the librarian sort of, sort of side side eye became my my babysitters yes. uh, every, every day, um, and they were totally cool with it. Um, I just, you know. I spent a lot of time there in the beginning, you know, and this is kind of like when I had kind of fell off of drawing all the time. Mm-hmm. During those summers, the drawing escalated a lot because I would just use the computer paper and then I had to always bring a dollar with me from like, <laughs> like cause it was 10 cents to print. Yeah. And so um, I was, I would spend a lot of time in the library, like watching Dragon Ball Z videos and playing Dreamscape <laughs> until they had to take nice. me off. <laughs> Yes. And then, uh, oh, yeah, dying straight uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> then what ended up happening is I started um, looking through all their art books and reading all their comments. So they had a little comic section that was really small. Mm-hmm. And I read all their books, and I went to the lady at the um, at the front desk. Miss Peel was her name. I still remember her name. Love it. Um, she, I was like, hey, I read all your books, and she said, no, you didn't. We have tons of books you haven't read. I was like, I don't. I read. I read all the. I said I read all the books that matter. <laughs> so she explained to me because she wasn't going to budge me on this. So she explained to me that there are comic books in every country that that we have access to, and then she started ordering in like manga. And then, not knowing what all the content was, she started just like getting books in the store. So I got really heavily influenced by like French comics, uh, heavy metal magazine. I got Llama One and a Half. I should not have been reading that. So I was reading like a Western, like X Men and Spider Man comics alongside of like you know uh um what you call it? like heavy metal like throwaways and like uh uh like short wind i can't remember all this stuff I was reading. yeah mm-hmm. and so by the time i got to high school i was already influenced as much as i could be by western stuff so i was really heavily into the anime stuff right and then that's these that that sort of uh 
influence start becoming a big thing, especially with like how with Ebop being a big huge uh, phenomenon, and that's still one of my biggest influences today. Nice. Um, and like, I always, I, I try to, and then I started discovering other people through like going through school. I was in mm-hmm. school for a little bit. Um, and so there's, there's artists I, I still, I still look up to. Um, a lot of like Spanish artists, uh, um, let me see. I think uh Victor you should definitely check it out. Um, uh, Jorge Savino, um, Alberta, Alberta Garcia, um, uh, and I, you know I like you know uh, Wally Wood, um, and then you know there's some Western ones, but mostly like the Spanish, French guys, some some modern guys now. You know even the modern guys, uh, Cross Mateo, Toby okay. Cypress, Gigi Cavengio. Don, uh, Dan Pinojan, okay. uh, Nathan Fox, uh, like all the, the traditional guys that are big time today, like uh, Mateo Scalera and mm-hmm. Sean Murphy as well. I like those guys. Andrew Robinson. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I wish that, I feel like that's a long list. <laughs> well, that's you, a good list. Re- listeners, get your notepad out because yes. I'm going to be I'm gonna re-editing this and be like, let me like this now. But Mateo Scalera, when I first saw your art, I was just like, is that black science art? I was like, seriously, I was just like, and then, yeah. and I like your style. It's like Raphael Albuquerque and Raphael Scalera or Matteo Scalera had a baby. And it's just like, I don't know. It is, you have your own style and everything, but I was just like, this just, it has that like pop vibe to it. I like the aesthetic yeah. of those guys. I, de- I definitely don't run away from it too much, but I try to make it as my own as I can. Right. Uh, I try to fit everything on the umbrella to feel kind of like Cowboy Bebop in a way. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. It, do, it does. It has that, like, you need to smoke a cigarette after you read this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. But yes, I have great answer. I'm Get your notepads out. Write all those names down. I'm definitely going to. Oh, yeah. I'm always looking for new inspirations as well. The next question, um, but who is your favorite comic book character of all time? Favorite comic book character of all time? Comic book character of all time. That one I, I did have, I did struggle with. It's a hard I, one. <laughs> I still struggle with it. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, my my go-to has always been Hellboy. I'm a big fan. I, I think that's where I landed on the character. Cause I, I do like, not just the writing of the story, but the concept of like the appeal of, uh, of uh, for the same reason I like the Hulk. Um, I think is my one of my favorite characters of all time. Between mm-hmm. the Hulk and Hellboy, I, I like the idea of the character's appearance, appearance being something that is that foregoes its character, sort of thing. So like, uh, like when you think of something as scary looking and can and is sort of a resemblance of something that you're supposed to be afraid of, actually having a different when you open up the package is something totally different. Right. I, I like the character for that off the bat. Okay. Um, the Hulk, the same thing. I like the idea of the the trade off 
in the in the sense that you know you're giving up the idea of your intellect for the the strength hmm. that it's like a it's a huge trade-off i always thought that was a sick idea that's a lot deeper for me as a, as a, someone as a reader so okay I never looked at it like that yeah, me ever. Either. And you just like, my brain just popped a little bit. I was like, it's trading off your intellect for your strength. I, like, okay. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, because when you're, when you're at, I feel like when you're at your most, you know, pissed off or upset about something, like all rationale is thrown out the window. So we already lived that experience constantly. You're right. As though for the ultimate intellectual person to give up all of it just to be the, the best person in the room, I feel like. Uh, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge uh, feat for me as a as a person that enjoys you know character development like so much that goes into that. Wow, that's a took the Hulk and made it philosophical. True. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just what just my favorite character of all time is Swamp Thing, the 1980s uh, Alan Moore runs. Yeah. Still, I think is one of the most beautiful stories written of all time. And then with uh, Steph, Steve, Stephen Bissett right doing the art is amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I that's hard. I can never choose a favorite character because I'm just I'm very I can be very plot driven most of the time. So if it's a good plot, I'm just like, oh, this is really good. And characters add like just an extra flavor of things. But I think if I had to pick something recently, I really like um, the characters in Bitterroot. Um, Oh, yeah. And green, right? Yeah, and I've just I'm always so blown away by those characters, and I I really I need to read volume two. <laughs> I I think um, I'm really excited about just how the characters have really built are built in that story, and you know you have another character who's really big, and his intelligence definitely goes out the window when he's trying to save his family. So I was just like, whoa, that's pretty cool, and yeah, those characters are really really well done, and I really like them. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, well, before we get into the specifically about Gumbo, the comic book we are featuring on this episode, could you give the listeners a summary of and you know a synopsis of Gumbo, the story of Gumbo itself? The story was uh, is is mainly about these five characters. Um, there's no specific main character, um, even though there might feel like one. Um, and I, I leave it up to the reader to sort of decide for which one they want to pick. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's about five characters. It's a sci-fi story where it's it's about these characters that are from different, it's like a multiverse, so they're from different times. Uh, and they're all brought to the same point um, to basically uh, participate in, a, in these ongoing obstacles to figure out that's all configured by this man called the architect. And so, the architect, his reasoning for doing it, why they're there, and they have to figure out how to like to break the game so they can get back to their their own realities. And so, yeah, that's basically what it is in a nutshell, um, as far as like a soft a soft summary. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, they, everyone has the, the the architect. You can't really tell. In my mind, I I didn't I never really pin him as a antagonist or protagonist mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot I, I leave a lot up to the viewer to decipher because i don't like stories that spoon feed you okay uh, oh, yeah. that's reasonable that and so i know that i'm gonna like the people some people are gonna read it and be like this isn't for me and it's that's fine 
but I, I always like shows like, um, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of Total Bebop, but I'm also a big fan of like Evangelion and Neon Genesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, I always like the appeal, like, of what the story was really about when you really get to it, you're like, oh man, that, that's what it was. And you can either be pissed off or happy about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that vein of, of storytelling, especially. Uh, but yeah, I, I really tried to put myself in all the characters specifically in, a, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue three, I'm introducing, uh, uh, spoiler, I guess, uh, Maurice. Okay. Who, he's my favorite character probably in the book right now. Um, but yeah, all of them have different elements of different backgrounds. I'm going to basically showcase that and showcase the story because uh, I haven't really been able to do as much work as I'd like to have, like I'd, I'd like to in my, my time drawing comics, especially for as long as I've been drawing. And so this was my sort of my debut sort of book to go with. And it's going to be a long winded book. So it's probably going to take me if everything goes great, uh, <laughs> to probably about two and a half, three years to finish. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'll say with the story that don't spoon feed you, your story does not spoon feed no, you at, not all. at all. But I'll say, cause the first read, I was kind of like, you know, you're just thrown in this environment right. where they're in this, they're from different multiverses. You care, these characters and they're playing this game, but in this, you know, obviously architect, and so your brain is like, is this assimilation? Is this like, you know, some kind of purgatory or right. things like that? But the second read, I was like, I was familiar with things and I was still, I see what you're doing. You're like, you're going to give us the answers as we go. Right. And we can put it together. And like you said, you can like it or you can be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was beautiful with that part of it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm trying. This is, I've never been considered a writer. This is my first time really trying to write and draw my own thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I had a lot of bad luck trying to do the comic thing for other people. And and so many years went by that I was just like, kind of fed up with it all. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, if I'm gonna draw comics, I'm gonna just draw the ones I'm interested in. Because my, my, my plan was to like, when I got out of school was to draw in an industry for a while and make a name for myself somehow, even if it's small, and then move on to my own thing. But that never really happened. So I was like, this is the age that I said I was going to do that by, so I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen and just do that. So. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it's, oh man, the, if the writing doesn't stand out alone, the art just, yeah. it's, you look at a cover, like the uh, character Comey, who's basically a frog humanoid people, uh, just that where he's breaking in that loading screen, like won't spoil too much, but that's just, it's just badass. It's like so I want that framed on my wall. Like Truly. it's so, it's so good. Well, so, right, uh, you will be receiving that print. I'm saying that to everyone a little. This is an online comic for now. Mm-hmm. Follow Lamar at- uh, Nimbus Black. Nimbus yeah. Black, I do believe, yeah. Yes, at Nimbus Black on IG. Nimbus Black, it'll pull up. Uh, and I think you described it too. It's like four dollars Patreon uh, donation every month is a cup of coffee for everyone. Truly, like, do it, and you will not regret getting the uh, issue of this comic book. But you know, months yeah. a month, ever so, yeah. however it goes. And whenever it comes out the print, it's going in the box, yep. nice and stuffed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I've been trying to figure out how to, the that the whole Patreon thing is gonna work, and I feel like for my first three hundred, because I think it's good for the amount that I'm charging. I think for the Four dollars, which I think is pretty cheap, but oh, yeah. And then I do know that for my first three hundred, 
supporters. Um, I'm going to make sure that once the, because I plan on making some changes to the upper tiers, but okay. the first 300 people, it does not matter what the other tiers turn into, but they're going to get everything regardless. Because I feel that the people that I did the math, if 300 people subscribe, that makes, that allows me to do full time. Okay. Those people, I'm going yes. to basically, they're pretty much going to get everything and the price is still going to be $4. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah. hear that listeners? rush to <laughs> please do ms black's patreon four dollars a month you will get packages <laughs> you will get the issues you'll get everything yeah and yeah. it's it's i i yeah. can out reading the first two issues i can't wait for it's the next worth ones it because i so worth i want to know more about all these characters because yeah. issues is like a kind of a character issue yeah and learn I, about their past i really love the interaction that you have on your website because like I was able to kind of dip in and I was like, oh, he's got character bios. I was like looking, I was like, all right, let me look at these characters. These are so yeah. cool. And it's just really interesting because again, like you don't give too much away in those bios. And it like, I was like, all right, I really need to read this because this is like, I want to know. I want to know how <laughs> these characters are going to work, where they're from, what's going on and really see how the world plays out. It's so, I, yeah, I'm so excited. I need yeah, everyone with, else to be excited too. Thank you. Uh, with the website, with the character bios, um, what I was trying to do was like, so you're a, like you ever play a video game where the characters are not locked or unlocked? Yes. Next so, ah. to you, uh, when I introduced Maurice, that character bio is going up. <gasps> uh, oh, yes. Yeah. And so, with uh, if you read the second issue, uh, you know who Kovac is. So, uh, that's going to be on. Going to be introducing both of those at the same time. So, okay. Um, yeah, there's the there's a two characters that have that come from. They're the only two characters in the book that have that are from the same time. Mm -hmm. that are introduced at different times in the book. So, okay. That was my thing. Like, I was like, how do I get people to really like take a chance on this? And so, I my plan was I put out an entire forty page issue just so people can read. And I right. Like, so. Yeah. I feel like you, if you go to like a Marvel, no, no shot at Marvel or DC, but I feel like you go to a website, you get like such a small snippet beside if you want to buy something online. Well, but we, we take shots at DC and Marvel. Constantly. <laughs> you, my thing is you go buy an issue. I don't buy single issues of Marvel and DC because you'll flip a page and you'll be like, oh, this is a nice story. Then you flip it and it's like an ad for action figures. And I'm like, you yeah. just took me out the story. Yep. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. So I always wait for the volumes to come out, but no, we... Whatever they're the overlords of comic books, so we, <laughs> the, the peasants are just like fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna last. Personally, I don't know if that's gonna last because the pandemic really changed the game a lot in terms of what's happening on the ground. And yeah, uh, at, in the beginning, I was actually hosting a little like podcast myself on IG Live for a little bit, talking. To oh, okay. Um, People don't know that, but if you go to my IG Live and click on the IG video, you can mm -hmm. see a bunch of like I interviewed like Dan uh, Ocean and all these almost some of my favorite guys out there. Okay. Just for fun, uh, I I stopped doing it because I didn't have the time. And, like, so I'm like, it's right. time consuming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it really is. But yeah, moving on uh, for the story of Gumbo, uh, as a creator, what has been your favorite thing about making Gumbo, or like you know what's what's the favorite thing in general you like about the story? Um, uh, I think pretending it's a movie <laughs> and then writing it in, along those lines and then, uh, being, being, uh, the process is really interesting to me. 
um, because I have to deal with, like, I have to trust that my influences and the things I like, like I have to pretend I have good taste constantly. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but I have to do that just to get through the process and like researching things I liked in the past in terms mm -hmm. of like, why do I like this? Why is this good to me? Do I need to absorb this? There's something here. And then, like, I look at my stuff. Do I not think it's on the level of my heroes? And then sort of like, um, sort of like planning the panels. I, I like doing that. Uh, writing uh, along lines. Like I leave a lot of wiggle room for things to happen in okay. my writing. Um, so there's like, I know the beginning, middle and end of my story. Yeah. It's like, I leave gray areas in my writing so that, or my, my paneling structure that I'm not so, like I have to be committed to certain things of telling the story. Mm -hmm. So that it's really like, I know what the story is. It's how I'm going to tell this part of the story that's mostly the problem solving aspect of the whole thing. And that's probably the most fun to me um, outside of like drawing and inking it um, and, and because uh, I'm a traditionalist, so I do like drawing traditionally, um, even like colors or digital. Um, drawing is probably the second favorite thing I like about drawing, doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And it used to be the first thing was the drawing thing, but I realized I, I, I used to debate this in my head because when I used to draw, I did a Kickstarter called Five Blades, which was a terrible experience for me. Oh no. And uh, I was hired on as the artist, but that's a long, that's a short, that's a short. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I realized it was like the time, it's when I hit the wall, because I love the art that I did, but I hated the project. And mm. so, um, and the people I work with didn't make that easier for me either. But um, I realized that I think I have to take the drawing part, the writing part into consideration for me to like it, the story um, in a way that I can make my best work. So the writing has become pretty important to me. And then the drawing is secondhand, which okay. is surprising because I guess just being able to draw isn't good enough. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the I myself, that's an incredible answer because I actually have some listeners who were t asking me like, hey, next time you have a creator on, ask them like the process and like, like paneling and storyboarding. Like that's, I'll just answer that question that I asked you. My favorite part is your paneling. The work between the gutters I think it's whenever that the the baseball pitcher Kovac was like standing there and like his he went like through the gutter and then went to the next panel and I was just like yes that is great and my favorite thing too is just like you're also you're through the panels you gotta you gotta convey that something's moving through space and time and whenever I think he threw the baseball and it's going over the ocean and the water's rippling and you like threw some splatter paint texture in there it just it made it seem like it was actually moving and ripping across the water yeah and to me like that's just it gave me like goosebumps i was like "Woo! like it's moving it's, yeah it's actually moving to this so it gives more emphasis and feeling to something that is actually moving through space and time and i love that that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah speaking on the baseball thing too i thank you again for the compliment um speaking on the baseball thing I have to make it clear to people, this story is not about baseball. <laughs> right. Yes, I was, okay, just quickly, like, why Why did you choose baseball, though? Because you draw beautiful, like, you had, you must have had to research baseball stances, because yeah. whenever oh. they're swinging and striking out, that's, like, legit, like, a pitcher that's taken out a major league game, and it's, or, the pitcher stance is so good. 
So when I first started writing Gumbo, I, I started out with, I didn't know what kind of writer I was going to be. Um, and I didn't really know where to start. And so um, I was like, every time I tried to write something or draw, like write up something, it was like, oh, that's like something I've already seen. Like, this is like something I've already seen. And so I started, stopped trying to write from a place of, from a subject matter that I enjoyed. And I started writing from a place of, of a subject matter I didn't enjoy. Okay. And so I actually am not a fan of baseball. And so, uh, I, I grew up playing baseball. I tried it. My parents got me into it. I'm not a huge fan of it. But for me to make it an interesting starting place, I had to problem solve at my yeah. way out of it. And so that was awesome. one of the reasons why I started with why it seems like it's about baseball. But I just made it like, then I started thinking about like, you know, obstacles and how I can play with obstacles I don't like and like, how can I trick the audience into thinking that this is what this is about, but then it expands to something else? Just like the journey across time sort of scenario. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I, I think about my writing now is like, I want to start from a place where I have to like dig a hole out of. Yes. Readers, it's kind of the first two issues. It's like baseball meets Lost yes. TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. What, what was your favorite thing, would you say, Cammy? Uh... I think my biggest thing was just the coloring because the way that the color lays, it almost, it definitely has enough pop that it looks like it's digital or not digital, 3D. And just the, you know, the characters against the the background gives the characters a lot of depth, but it also gives the background a lot of depth. And I'm just like, well, I mean, and again, it feels like I'm almost within this world and I'm seeing it happen right in front of me. So I was like, the color really gives the story a lot of depth and it gives it a lot of energy and a lot of energy that doesn't always bode well in a lot of um, comic books that I've read. Like people are great colors and stuff like that, but I don't know what it is, but your comic book has really just given me, it's given more energy than what I've read in a lot of other comic books, like mass comic books. So I, for me, I was like, this means a lot, especially as a reader. Yeah, there's that, that dichotomy between like uh, tone and color. And I really, I, I'm not, I think coloring is my, is not my strong point, but I think by the third, by the second issue, I kind of got my, my, uh, idea of where I'm going for mm -hmm. and so um, I really relied I think what happened was because the the first scenes are like uh, in this open over the ocean area of mm -hmm. nothingness I really had to figure out a way to sort of make those panels interesting because there are no backgrounds in most of those pages and, and it wasn't you know I didn't want it to seem like I was being lazy or anything and so um, there was like, I like the concept of how I'm going to make this concept work. And when people are reading books and stories where there's not a lot going on in the background. And so uh, I counted that with like making all these rules for myself for each mm -hmm. page, which is kind of part of my process now. And it's kind of going to be a process of ongoing regardless of the story. But um, and, and you can probably pick this out yourself. But like what I ended up doing was I kept all the pages under a certain number of panels. And then I tried to keep it 
Um, so it didn't feel like each page is being rushed across. Okay. And then I wanted to make it feel like, uh, um, to make the, each of those pages dynamic enough. I, I like, I, number rule number one was only do one close up of a face. I won't do any more than that. Uh, rule number two is no same size figures next to each other, like back to back on each panel. Okay. Um, one panel had to be from a top view or a bottom view. And so I started making all these rules for myself for every page. So regardless of how many panels were on the page, so if the panels got shortened by a number of panels, then that means I had to combine a couple of rules. And so oh. it kind of created this dynamic where I didn't have to, it didn't, it didn't matter what was going on in the background as long as I kept like moving you across time on the page. And so that that I made that, those rules for myself to offset the fact that there wasn't as much going on in the background. But then when you do the, the, the backstories on or glimpses of the back character, I made this sort of go all in on the background. So yeah. Your, your creation of like, uh, I think it's one of the characters, Symmetra's city, the, yeah. her, that city was beautiful. And even uh, Comey city, which is, is his village, if you will, is that, yeah. Yeah. It, you, you're really good at bringing people into a world. And then you, as you said, yeah, the I, energy and the, the almost 3D-esque of it kind of pulls you in. You're yep. just like, oh, it's like yeah. literally like, oh, you open up, it's like a little world in here. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was a good offset to have like those those blank slates of just color splashes across time and then you get to their world and you're like, whoa, I wanted that feeling. And then you go back and now it feels like you're, you're like, it's like, it, 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 I wanted to make it feel like it was done on purpose too. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. That's quality. But <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. If you had to pick your favorite character from Gumbo, who would you choose? Um, that character is coming up. That's again Maurice. And I'll get, I mean, he's a combination of three of my, my icons in real life and in, and, and in art. And so, um, You've seen images of him on my Instagram if you've been following, but yep. he's the black guy with the afro. Yeah. Like, I said, like, he's very 1970s flair kind yeah. of guy. He's a combination of three characters that are some, three people and, a, and two people and a character mm -hmm. uh, with some of my own interests and things put on him. If, uh, Prince meets, uh, Jimi Hendrix meets Spike Spiegel from Calvary Bob. So it's nice. Yeah. I saw the Spike for sure. I was just kind of like Spike, but yes, that that that's dope. I love it. <laughs> that that's awesome. Yeah, he goes by his nickname in the story is called uh, Mr. Vanish. And okay. Where where he's from? That's his. That's his like his his uh his sort of like side gig name for y'all you'll, you'll see that in some in the stories coming on going but yeah he's he's probably the closest I, he's everything i wanted to be but i can't be and so <laughs> um yeah it's one of those things where i kind of like sort of impose my 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 alter ego onto someone else type of thing oh yeah i mean he go. is all of you because you created him <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's, i can't wait to for the new character oh i'm so excited uh, i'd say mine just for the like the one most interesting to look at is Comey. He's just like the frog humanoid. Just just because I like that he's kind of has this like kind of sophisticated like I don't know 
dialect to him, if you will. Yeah. He's always seemed like he's like, I don't know, I want to say English, like very fresh. Yeah. Very, likes to wear a top hat from yeah, time to yeah. time. But he yeah. uh I do like and then whenever his flashback to, you know, where he's his multiverse, wherever he's from, really good style too. Like he's like at his job sleeping. And I was like, yeah, he's just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's funny before I was before the pandemic is I actually worked in a hat shop. And so really? that's nice. Nice. Yeah. I worked at a, a haberdasher for about three years. Um and so I have I have a connection. I have I collect a lot of hats. So um over the years I have about like 40, 50 hats now. Wow. I only have like three maybe three baseball caps that I should tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> serious serious hat so i was working at a hat shop when i was uh, like starting to write the story and mm -hmm. i was writing Tommy around that time so yeah it's kind of like i definitely put a lot of my influences that i'm familiar with in the story uh, whether it be through what comey does or or sort of character characterizations of personalities mm -hmm. um and i definitely wanted to you know try my best to make the characters feel authentic as far as I can without saying a lot. I don't have a favorite character. Not yet. I'm like, I need my characters to be more fleshed out. And of course, I'm a big plot person. So I'm like super excited to learn about all the characters and how they fit into the plot. So I haven't quite picked a favorite character yet, but that's just who I am. I think I, I think a second favorite character for me would probably be Lola. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was, with us, I was about to point that out. I was like, you have a talking cat in your story. We love talking cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, I I, I liked, you know, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, the Kitten Boots character. And I liked, like, Meowth the cat. Like, I kept saying, oh, good old Meowth. <laughs> I always liked those kinds of, I, like, I, I like cats. I never owned a cat, but every cat I met, I would be pretty dope with. And <laughs> it always felt like, to me, like a Lola, you know, like a, like a, uh, very, like, she's very like uh, sassy. Mm -hmm. You know, very uh, knows what she is up, what she wants, what she's doing here in the story. She's also, you know, she's been there for a bit, so she's punch, like she's she comes off as she's seen it all. Kind of, so. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. Cats are interesting creatures. Yes, they are. I love uh, cats. Oh, oh uh, nine lives kind of implies that, right? Like, yeah. I don't hear, yeah. But yes, next question. What pushed you to create Gumbo? Like this, I'm, yeah, um, general question. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I hit, I hit that wall with that Kickstarter uh, Five Blades, and it was like my, it was like, it was, I was already on my last leg, and I was almost like felt like I was going to be walking away from like trying to pursue drawing comics after that. Just mm -hmm. probably a couple of years ago, or three years now, maybe two and a half years now, but. I was just kind of like hitting walls, doing like these sort of test pages to get on a book with Boom, or I was sending my stuff out to Image, and like nothing was happening for years. And so um, I felt like, uh, you know, when I got that Kickstarter, I was like, okay, finally, I'll just make a cool book and then maybe I'll revamp my energy. And it's sort of like I finished the actual book, which is actually, I made me very happy that I was capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. But it also made me go, okay. Well, I don't want to draw anymore for people or attempt to because neither of these routes for me are working. And I feel like uh, um, I feel like I had to sort of 
if I was going to pick up the pen and I was going to devote time to something to that degree, it would only be, I would only be interested in something I wanted to do. And I, I was playing on that idea, but I never committed to it. Mm-hmm. And so I started paying attention to my, my bookshelf. And I noticed that most of the books I had are artists drawn written by the same person. And it kind of clicked for me that I've been sort of collecting this idea for a while now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I've definitely um, committed to that idea and I've been happier doing that since. And so even with all the obstacles of trying to like move it around, let people know about it, like I'm more excited about drawing it myself and writing it myself than I've been in, in the last 10 years. Okay. Nice. And I, I was just about to ask why the name Gumbo, but I feel like I know now my brain just went, there's a bunch of people from different multiverses stuck in this one spot oh, yeah. together. Yeah. But yeah, why the name Gumbo? If anything, I mean, it has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very symbolic versus something that's actual tangible. Uh, but Gumbo is a place, but it's also symbolic of the story itself. Okay. Uh, so, um, the place is called Gumbo, and the, the world there is called Gumbo. The architect called is the person that created it and that's why it has the name and his reasons for having that name are different from the the reasons why someone would read it would consider the name to fit so there's a lot of reasons why i call it gumbo i also wanted to uh, this is also side note the second book i want to write is called beefcake so i already have a list of titles of names that are all food related okay I'm gonna try to keep that theme going as long as that's, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I love the name Gumbo. I Me thought too. I was like, I love Gumbo. I love when people name things Gumbo. I don't know, there's not a lot of songs. There's not a, a, no. a band named Gumbo anywhere. I don't think so. This is like the first title I've seen that's Gumbo. But. Yeah. There's a lot of flavors going on here. Yeah. Really? Like I was like, oh, I wanna make Gumbo now. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I definitely have enjoyed the process for sure. Um, and and trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Pretending not, is the best. Yeah. As a reader and someone who's been analyzing comic books for a, like a while now, like I'm just like, no, you're you're top notch with everyone. Truly, else. like yeah, I, really. yeah, definitely one of the best indies I think I've read yeah. so far. So I, that's just and from someone who kind of really started picking up comic books in general the last two years or yeah. so. This is really really and, good. I'm, 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 my bet, I'm betting on the idea that the people that grew up with the stuff I like will sort of see that in the work. And then, you know, like nostalgia had its own appeal. And oh, so yeah. Yeah. I always felt like um, that if I can find some way to tap that without actually picking apart the things that create that, I think that's the best, my best route because that's the stuff I grew up on. So, right. Um, Speaking of Atomo, I was speaking of Atomo, that's something I grew up on earlier, but have you ever read uh, one of his long lost books called Domo? I've heard of it. I've it sounds familiar. It. Domo. Definitely should check that out. That's okay. a huge inspiration uh, for this story as well. Uh, not as gory, I would say, um, but Domo is a, it's like when people think of Atomo, they think of Akira a lot. And before he did Akira, he did Domo and that okay. book, is shorter, a lot shorter. It's like one, it's very short. It's hard to find. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been looking for it. If you find it, let me know. But uh, 
I read that book when I was a lot when I shouldn't have, but it's yeah. He for a book that isn't supposed to be a scary thriller, it totally feels like that, which is hard to find in comics. And so, like I was always impressed by how he did that, and mm-hmm. um, it's been a, it's been in the back of my head while doing this story. And so, even though this is not a thriller or scary element type story, I always felt like that story had something that was on the nail. I, I wish I could find it so I can sort of really engage in that. Yeah. Right. Influence on me. I feel like a lot of creators we talk to, it's like, uh, I think the last three we had or so, it's always Otomo Akira is like the heart of everything. Yeah. And that's the whole 90s manga anime that we were lucky to have the cool shit first. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I, I agree with that, man. It, it had a, it tore a hole in how I felt about art as an animation for sure because i saw the anime before i got any of the books but i have all the books but i never looked back after that i was like this is over yeah this time. <laughs> 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 uh, yes and so i guess our last question our last question oh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to your younger self as well as creators coming up that's a good question um if you don't like the project don't do it uh, don't have and don't wait for an opportunity to come to you if you you should probably just create your own opportunity and also remember why you got into doing the art in the first place mm-hmm. yes i think those are the big three i would say man okay. i got chills i was yeah. like <laughs> god because it's just reaffirming for I mean, myself, and I'm not much of a creator. I like crochet, but it's a hobby and it's not something like I really want to do like long term and like sell, but I'm big into um, the beer community. And by that, I just mean that I just really like beer and it's very hard for being a black female and then trying to dive into the brewing community. It's very difficult because it's white cis male. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard to get into. So for me, I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to start from the bottom and start homebrewing and doing it on my own because I know I'm fully capable of being a part of the community and making this happen for myself, but I have to put in that effort. And it's just like, I'm not, I can't wait for anyone else or can't wait for the opportunity to just say, oh, hey, do you want to brew beer here? And it's like, I'll do it myself. So I came home. She's like, I bought a whole brew kit. I was like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to make those mistakes, man. I feel like, uh, a lot of time is wasted on figuring out if you're impressing the right person, the right opportunity. Yes. Oh, yeah. I kind of got up with that. And so I'm taking like, me myself, I'm taking this route now and I'm 33. And I was like, all right, I better write and draw my the biggest epic book I can write. I had to do the whole quit thinking what other people think of you. Yeah. It's like on a comedy scene where you're just like surrounded by your contemporaries and if you want to call them rivals in that way. Yeah. And with that, like now I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go start my own mic now. I'm gonna go do this and then be humble about it and go in the process, help other creators create on their way. Because right. man, the comedy scene is just full of clicks they're very clicky and that's just how it is and then i think we we're talking to a combo creator and they said the that's combo me. community is very clicky too yeah yeah I, 
I, I stayed off Twitter. I have a Twitter, but watching what goes on on Twitter, man. Oh, it's God, crazy. it's a hell storm. She feels being on the book Twitter. Like, it's just. <laughs> oh, God. I, like, dude. Like, I get, like, I, I, I get why people get a certain way with, you know, with the state of the world. But mm-hmm. I feel like something should be separated in some way. It's, it's getting, it's kind of like, it's getting catty out there. And I don't know if I'm oh. <laughs> it's like it's like everyone's like has a right to say with like it's like freedom of speech but it's like shouldn't it not been brought to this level <laughs> where Again. you can just say whatever you want yeah. whatever you want <laughs> keep it in notes yeah. keep it in your notes <laughs> talk to your group chat about yeah, go it go to your therapist <laughs> go to therapy uh, yes but yeah I, I see it i see it on all fronts personally i see it come like like even the people that have a good reason to do certain things or mm-hmm. have like they have they're on the right path but i feel like even still, it's like, it's just sometimes it's like, where is the art just going to be itself here? Yes. Yes. But like, you know, I don't want to get into a place where it's like, you know, we take everything so, so, so hard that everything we do is out of context. I see a lot of yeah. There's a lot of nuance, I think, between people's opinions. I don't know if there's a way to... Twitter is not the place to discuss this stuff. No. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely not. And it's just like point where I'm there, it's like you throw some art out there and it's like a permanent accusation from everybody's different viewpoint. Yep. And yeah. and yeah, I, I love that you're doing your own Patreon with this and just like the message here is just strike the iron when you can and do your own thing. And I love that, yeah, it's your comic book. I love that you're doing it yourself. Yeah. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, I try, man, you know, I give it up to people that try to do that. And I think most artists I talk to, I've got a lot of artists that work in the in the industry that are really happy that I'm doing it, even though like artists that work in the industry know who I am, people don't. Right. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I, I'm friends with a lot of like, like, you know, uh Mike Del Mondo and Victor Kalashev. Those people are like damp damp notion. Those guys are in the industry. They've been there for years and I've never made it, but you know, they respect and like the work that I do, but people don't know who I am because I've never done any major books. Yeah. And right. So, but they give me a lot of like, they give me a lot of the green light because they, they, they all have their own stories they want to do, I think. And I feel like, you know, um, they, they're definitely in support. And I do think that's where the, the next wave of the industry is going. It's going to be like artists are just going to go their own way. Cause I, I don't see, how these big companies are going to manage because the last 20 the top 20 books in america are all manga it's like yep even i mean like again i'm not trying to stop with them but it's it is what it is like demon slayer just got a movie and yeah. like top 20 books they're 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 being sold in america right now came out in the last decade and we're still floating off batman every year it's kind of crazy Dude. truly <laughs> crazy it is just yeah, because mangas. We were in the last episode we did. We were just like mangas. We started getting more into them recently. Yeah. And to me, they are making it to be an anime. They're making it to be a movie. It's crazy because it's like all those are new original stories. They're not. Like, there's nothing recycled about them. No. We're over here deciding if Batman should be a black woman, which is cool. But I feel like there's enough black characters that you can revamp that have already existed. Yeah. Yes. Like we don't have to like tokenize every character to make it relevant. I mean, just make new shit. I haven't been on a Batman kick in a long yeah. time, so I'm really behind the ages. Like I said, I'm reading like manga these days. Yeah. Uh, my, I feel like my interests 
in the superhero narratives have kind of fallen off for me. Mm -hmm. And Same. there's way too much cool stuff to, to hang on to it now. Um, like, I think there was a time where I could say I was all about it. And I, I don't know if I'm there right now. And if, I, if I'll ever be there again, quite honestly, because I'm discovering like, you know, so much stuff in the European markets now. And, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of like independent stuff coming out that I'm more interested in. And even now with the independent stuff, I don't even have time to devote to it because I don't want to be too influenced by like, you know, Yeah, like, right. Like, no, I feel that like, because I think Batman, when the new 52 for DC came out, that's when I got into comic books. That was like 2011, 2012. And then Batman got me into that. And then, then I went to Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing is just like sci-fi, you know, horror comic. Oh, yeah. And then now that's why we made this podcast because I had friends who'd come over and they would leave with the stack of comic books never heard of and they come back and then people were just like, you should do a podcast. And this is what this podcast is for. It's for people who read comic books and love comic books, but it's also a demographic to people who don't read comic books. Right, I need and a they, starting they point. They think it's all Thor and, you know, Jack Kirby, yeah. all respect to him and the superheroes oh, yeah. and the pal, but there's so much crazy independent stuff out there. And if it's from Image, if it's from Boom Studio, if it's from Variant, all that, like Valiant and all that. Right. There's just so much good stuff that new readers can be introduced to it. And they're just like, this is comic books. And it's a little movie inside of their hands yeah. or a little world inside of their hands. And you are 100% yeah. contributing to that. And yeah. I am looking forward to all your next, your next. Truly. Issues. I appreciate it, man. I do. I really do. And I do, I agree with you on the sentiment. Like, I don't know what it's going to take, but the European market and the Japanese market don't have an issue with getting adults to read comics. They have no problem with it. Okay. And I don't know, like, I mean, they treat comics there like we treat uh, Neil Gaiman here. Like, they, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's quite different. Like, you go there, there's a comic book store on every block there. You go. Aww. And then in Japan, they're pumping out, they're beating our own market. That's how that's how big that market is. Like it ain't children buying these books. Oh no. They no. Don't have money. Done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, Lamar Matherin, thank you for joining us. The yes. art creator of Gumbo. We want to give you thank the you. floor here to just plug anything you want, say anything you want. So just yeah, this this is your time to rip it up. Go ahead. Oh I man, it's I, I just say thank you for having me, and uh, uh, I'm gonna try to keep pushing out this book. Definitely check it out um, at my follow Find me on Instagram, Nimbus Black, uh, Nimbus Black. Um, the website to check out the book is gumbo-novel.com, and uh, you're able to read the first issue, 40 pages. If you subscribe, you can read the second issue off the bat. That's 80 pages. Uh, that's I feel like that's more than what you would get for anything for the little money that I'm asking. But uh, yeah, just uh, thank you for if you did check it out. You know, spread the word. Let you know. Let me know what you think, and definitely come by and say hi. Uh, yes, and please, listeners, be active. Go on these websites. You know, contemplate in your head if you can afford four dollars a month to support a local artist. Yeah, I think you probably put that four dollars to something else that's you know just goes down your mouth and so happy and proud to have you on yes. the show and thank you for thank reaching you. out to us as well um and we just like we like spreading great stories Truly. and because there's sometimes we're like yeah let's consider this and it's just like if it's not our cup of tea or if it's not what we think is like i don't know 
you just it's just some kind of you have a cultural badass like almost like it's like when i read it i'm like yes yeah, it's new and it almost feels like if a cure was hitting the scene on the first thing i was like you need to read this right it's new it's innovated and it it'll literally just like give you goosebumps as you'd read it yeah you need a cigarette afterwards cowboy bebop style for real <laughs> like <laughs> you got some rock star characters yeah and I, I like that it's great thank you peace and appreciate you guys again i'll totally do this again in the future maybe maybe once i get that first volume out you know i'll get you guys yeah. a copy oh yeah if it flows to that extent i hope so fingers crossed here there in Austin, everyone, he draws portraits at Buzzmill on the weekends. I was going to ask you if you had like a little like market stand or things like that. Like, oh, yeah, I do. I do, I do markets every once in a while still, and I'll still draw at Buzzmill. Well, sweet. If you go down to Buzzmill on a weekend, let us know. We'll yeah. definitely come down, have a beer, and just have a chat, man. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Yeah. You do, totally, totally, totally down to do that. Oh, Sweet. yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, all right, man. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stay in contact, man. Keep up the good work, guys. Right, yeah. you too, man. See you, Lamar. Have a good one. Have a good Sunday. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was Lamar Matherin. Oh, man. What, what a, a great, yeah. great time. Uh, Lamar Matherin, once again, we're going to repeat it over and over. You follow him at nimbus.black on IG. Go look at his art. Yes. Like that alone would be like, oh, damn. Yeah. I got to check this out. It, it blows me away, you know, and we read a lot of comic books. And to be honest, me and Cammy are, we're picky. We're selective. Yeah, that's we good. like to read good shit. And this was good. It's, it's, I can't wait for issue three, four, five, and continuously on. Oh, yeah. Same. Lamar, if you need us to come help you, whoa. I'll screen print for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, this Lamar, we, when we get that beer or something, we're taking pictures and posting it up. Like, yeah. Hope we become good friends. Lives in Austin, Texas. Straight out of Texas. It's, yeah. it's nice to meet a local artist and Truly. you know hear all the advice he gives on creating and everything. Yeah. And I just gotta say this, Lamar. You're a nerd, bro. Hell yeah. We <laughs> the love minute it. you started talking, I was like, this guy's a nerd. He is perfect nerd escape. <laughs> Material. <laughs> Material. <laughs> You're in the club, bro. You're in the club. Welcome, welcome. But thank you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Nerd Escape, the comic book podcast. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Jablar. And I'm your host, Gammy. Peace. Bye.